Hi, and welcome to the Savvy Social Hour podcast. This show is for female biz babes looking to up-level their business and become rockstar entrepreneurs in no time. I'm your host, Jenny, and I'm so excited to chat with you about today's episode. Let's get right into it. Welcome to the Savvy Social Hour podcast. Jenny here with Brittany Moffitt. Brittany is a career and social media strategist who uses content and social media to land ambitious side hustlers into their lasting dream careers while achieving business goals. I can't wait to chat with Brittany about content creation and repurposing your content. Let's dive right in. Hey, Brittany, welcome to the show. I'm so excited that you're here and I can't wait to chat more about all things content creation with you. So before we dive into talking about content creation, Tell me a little bit about yourself and your business and just really how you got started with it all. Yay. Okay, cool. I love this question. <laughs> and thanks for having me. I'm super excited. Uh, so basically, um, long story short is I was stuck in a miserable job and uh, I, my field is marketing and social media. So I decided to, since I was stuck in this job and I felt so defeated in this job to start a blog. And in this blog, I started talking all things like, like how to like navigate through adulthood after graduation. Cause I had just graduated and I was in a job that I didn't like, and I felt like I was stuck there and I wasn't going to like move forward in my career. So I started this blog. It's called according to Brittany. And so I write about like, you know, my life and things that are going on. And the more like, I kept writing, the more that I started like developing what I wanted to write about, which was tips for how to navigate um, instead of just like my own personal stories. And it kind of like kept going from there. And then I also realized I could use this blog to help other people create content. And that's kind of how I started doing um, social media freelancing because uh, I work in marketing and social media in my day job. So it's easy to make that transition, especially since I have like this blog and it's about, you know, me navigating through the marketing world. And that's kind of how I started doing social media management. And uh, then also kind of snowballed into, which I'm still testing it out, but um, hopefully uh, career coaching where I can help other people um, get out of their miserable careers like I did, um, which my blog really helped me with. And now I'm working at a large corporation and I love working there. I'm doing the work that I love and also running my business on the side. That's awesome. That's actually how I started with my blog as well. I was in an internship for brand marketing and it was in the oil and gas field and it was really, really boring. So I started my blog like as a creative outlet and then, you know, now we're here, but uh, (laughs) yeah, it's just, I've noticed a lot of people do the same. They get out of college, they get a job and it's like not what they expected. So then they need something creative. Um, so yeah, that's, that's really cool. Um, so you say that you're, you know, you were helping people go through the marketing world and that kind of thing, giving people advice. Um, what, you know, what tips do you have in terms of like kind of getting um, out of your nine to five? Like what is your biggest tip for that? Um, well, for me, I'm still in my nine to five. So <laughs> I, I love it. Um, but I think that uh, really starting your own business is is really the best way because I feel like even though I love my job and I would gladly stay there, I know that I have something 
that's on the side that if it continues to grow and continues to be um, something that's, you know, that people, you know, resonate with and they want my help, then I know that I can always branch over if I wanted to. And, and I, I won't feel as scared, I guess, because, you know, when you're in like your, your nine to five, it's like, okay, this is like comfortable, like it's, it's stable, I have like benefits, I, you know, I go to the same place every day. And even though some people hate it, it is stable and it is something that um, you can learn a lot from. Like I've got like trainings and things like that, learning how to do things hands on that I might not get, uh, you know, trying to do it all myself. So um, I definitely say the biggest thing is to get as much from your job as you can. Like if you can go to trainings and learn more, learn more. If you can do like different assignments that that could possibly help you in your business, do them. Like even if it's not like, you know, directly related to what your field is, like if you're able to, you know, help with the budget of your job and you're in marketing try it out because if you do a business you're going to have to worry about budgets and finances and things like that so get as much out of your job as you can even if you hate it like when I worked at my other job I would any trainings I saw I would be like um boss like I need to go to this training or any like um any opportunities like if I if I saw a project that I wanted to work on and I know that you know it would be beneficial to me I would just bring it up to her and I would say this is what I want to do and um Look, you know, if you're in a job where at least they care about your ideas enough, um, that can really benefit you. <laughs> if you're not, that might be a little bit harder. Yeah, but, no, um, that's great. <laughs> but uh, try. <laughs> yeah, when I was in my nine to five, um, it was a really small company and it wasn't like a tech startup or anything like that. So there wasn't as many opportunities for trainings and things like that or the trainings that were being offered were super outdated. So it was like, I didn't even learn anything new. So that was kind of frustrating, but yeah, that's right. a great tip for someone who does have like a progressive company that is willing to, you know, show you the ropes of different things. And you're right about the budget because <laughs> I mean, I'm lucky my husband's an accountant. Otherwise uh, I would be doing everything all wrong in terms of <laughs> accounting. <laughs> Not going to lie. Yeah. I definitely like put, way too much money in my savings, like for taxes. At first I was like not accounting for my expenses. I was just like, Oh yeah, 30% of, you know, whatever I made and not like accounting for the expenses. So I was like, I was putting way too much in theory. That's great. But I was just like, you know, my bank account was not where it should have been because right. everything was going into my savings. So, um, tip to anyone, um, <laughs> starting a business, um, do 30% of your expense, like your money after expenses, not before, <laughs> but yeah. That's a good tip. <laughs> so creating content, you know, what is your suggestions for how often we should be creating it? Whether that's like blog posts or, you know, lives, even email marketing things. Like what do you think, how often should it be done? Yeah. Um, so I think that this question, it really, um, you know, depends on your business and your industry. Uh, you know, we can read all day and you'll read like, I know for me, cause I read about the stuff all the time. Like every time you read something, it's different. Okay. Post here this many times, post here this many times, you know, do this this many times. I'm like, okay, well you're all saying something different. Like for me, I just, um, I go through my content creation based off my own schedule and what my audience likes. So if I, you know, I write my blog posts one to two times a week, 
them because that works with my schedule. And obviously, the more you post is obviously better um, because people are going to see you more and your content is going to be out there. But as long as you're consistent enough where you're posting at least one time, one to two times a week for a blog, at least like three to five times on social media a week, um, and you're and you're present, like you're still good. Even if you're not there every day and three, four, five times a day, um, as long as you're showing up and people see your name and, and and Google sees that you're you know still relevant and you haven't gone like weeks or months without posting then you'll still show up on the, on the search engines and you'll still show up people's news feeds, not as much. Um, so it just kind of depends on, you know, for me, it's always just my schedule. Like I'm not going to burn myself out trying to post every single day and post multiple times a day. Um, and here's my cat, Luna. She has to make an appearance. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, just, just making it where you're able to, where is it, where it's not burning you out. It, you're enjoying it. And that you're still showing up at least a few times a week. So people don't forget that you exist. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely true. I remember when I first started blogging, I thought I needed to post like five times a week. Uh, <laughs> that resulted in immediate burnout and me posting like not quality things. Like, exactly. Like less than 300 words every post. And that's not really beneficial to anyone because it would just be like, I was posting just to post and it wasn't worth it. Now I'm down to, I was doing two. Now I'm down to one a week, which has been good, especially since starting this podcast. <laughs> That'll be another addition to my plate. So cranking right. it out to a blog post a week would be nuts. But yeah, that's what I used to do and it worked pretty well. And I was still visible um, for my audience. So yeah, um, yes. with your content creation, do you use editorial calendars? And if so, like, would you per prefer paper, digital? Like, what do you like to use for editorial calendar? Um, I prefer definitely digital uh, just because you can, like, have it in multiple places. Like, if you have it, for me, like, if I have something written down and, like, I mean, I'm, like, super lazy. So <laughs> if, like, I have something written down and I have, like, my planner and my purse, I'm sitting here at my desk, I'm like, you know what? just forget it. <laughs> so I need something that I can just see all the time. Like I'll put it in Dropbox or something. Like I use uh, just a simple, very, very simple um, uh, word document calendar. And I just write out everything I want to, I want to say for the week or the month. And then I just go ahead and, and schedule it in my schedulers. I use Hootsuite and later um, in the Facebook, uh, like their native scheduler. Um, so I, I just um, think that you just need to be like keep it as simple and easy as possible because once you start making it like more complicated and making it um, like difficult for you, it's going to be like a chore and it's going to be something that's like, oh my God, I don't want to freaking make this content every month. So <laughs> um, I try to make it super easy, like a really simple Word document and I just use the same schedulers and just keep it simple. Yeah, I totally understand. Editorial calendars are super, super helpful for me because I feel like if I didn't make one, I probably wouldn't produce any content. <laughs> just <'cause laughs> I don't want to think of things on the fly and then, you know, write about it. So it's nice yeah. to have a content bank essentially. Um, and I usually um, create um, my editorial calendar like three months in advance. So I do it quarterly so that I'm not mm -hmm. Um, you know, struggling to find something to write about. Um, yeah. So 
what tips do you have for us on, you know, creating content that your readers will like eat up, like that they're super into? Yeah. Um, so definitely my probably biggest, uh, my biggest idea, which is like super simple, but I feel like a lot of people don't do it is to really just ask your audience, like what they want to read about, what they want to learn about. Um, like if you have a Facebook group or if you're in other groups where your audience hangs out or even like your email list, um, you know, people feel like if, you know, they, they ask a question, they are, you know, they're not the expert or they're not, you know, they're showing like a side of like a sign of weakness. But I feel like it's really empowering for you to ask your your audience, what do they want? What do they want to read about? What what are they struggling with that you can then take your knowledge and help them with? So I I um, do a lot of like poll. Like I have a Facebook group. It's called Life of an Ambitious Millennial, and I do a lot of polls. I do a lot of asking questions. Um, and people like to talk about you know what they're struggling with. They like to talk about things that they need help with. And if I can take those questions and put them into some a really good piece of content, a really good blog post or a really good value post on Facebook, then I'm serving my audience and I'm giving them exactly what they want. So they're more likely to want to engage with it. They're more likely to feel like a trust with me because they know I'm not just creating things that they just assume, like I just assume that they want. I'm creating things that I know that they want because they said to me that they wanted it. So um, that's probably a really good one. My next one is, um, to always come from a place of serving and not from a place of promoting or selling or pitching, um, which I, when I first started, like I had no idea about this and I was just like, buy for me and give my stuff. And this is so great. I'm great. And you should love me. And uh, you should just give me your money. And, you know, it didn't really work for me very well. And it was very frustrating um, to feel like, you know, you're creating something really great. Nobody wants it, but the, truth is like no one wants to read sales or promotion content they want to read entertaining content they want to read informational content Uh, they want to read something that's going to benefit them and then once they see that this is benefiting them and they see that you're benefiting them and you're not trying to sell to them that makes them more trustworthy of you and that makes them be like okay well I've got so much good stuff from her like I've gotten so much value from her now I want to purchase from her so I can keep getting that value and maybe get it one-on-one or get you know it in a course form or something like that um so definitely coming from a place of serving and not from a place of promotion I totally agree value is so essential I found that when I give people like even in terms of emails, like three to five emails that are super jam-packed with value. And then I, you know, introduce a product or service that would benefit them. They're more likely to actually purchase that because they realize that I'm providing with that value and then they're able to gain that like no interest factor as well. Exactly. Um, Yeah. That's, those are great tips. And Um, I think serving your readers for what they want is really helpful too. I even like to dig into my Google analytics and see which posts got the most hits because that Mm -hmm. helps me kind of see like what they're wanting from me as well. Um, So that's another thing to do as well. If you don't really want to ask them directly, you know, you can just say, oh, okay, well, my Google analytics says this post and this post are performing the best. So let's create content more like this. Right. Um, So in terms of repurposing content, like what do you like to do for that? Do you like to turn your blog posts into like live streams or email content and, or, you know, what, what is your favorite way to repurpose that kind of content? 
Yeah, so I probably think my favorite ways that I do the most um, is uh, creating, taking like Facebook posts, because I post a lot of value posts like in my group and other groups. So I'll take some of those posts and I'll repurpose them in a blog post. Um, and maybe like add a little bit more because a lot of times Facebook posts are a little shorter and um, and, bla- and blog posts are a little bit longer. So I'll, I'll uh, it, it gives me like a base to work off of and then I can add more onto it. Um, I also like, um, like you said about um, like, for instance, if I have like something that I'm promoting or like something I want people to purchase, um, I'll take content straight from from it and do like a live stream or do a, a post from it. And then I can be like, if you want, you know, more tips like this, I there I have a, a bunch more tips in this guide or this course that you can find. So that's a really good way too. Cause then it's like giving people like you're showing them like a preview of what they can, of what they can get if they purchase or if they sign up for something. Um, so I like doing that and um, I find it works really well. And um, I'm trying to think if I have anything else. Oh, and then I'm doing a uh, a, a Facebook uh, group challenge called the 10 Day Content Creation Challenge. And at the end of the challenge, I'm going to repurpose it into a, into a course. So um, I'm going to take the videos and the workbooks that I created for the challenge, put it into a course, and then it'll be more of like a passive income kind of thing where I, I'm not like directly selling it people can just find it on my website or something like that. And then I already have all the content because I've been spending like all my time creating content for this challenge. So uh, it'll be, it'll be easy. That's such a good idea. Yeah. um, I've used challenges in the past to kind of um, provide value so that people kind of are, once I actually do release the course or, you know, service, they, they realize, Oh, okay, well she really knows a lot about this topic. I want more that kind of thing. And so that's smart to repurpose your um, challenge into more of a course. (laughs) Yeah. So in terms of value posts, so I know when I first started hearing about those from my business coach about a year ago, um, I was really intimidated. That was like, I was like, wait, I see all these people posting these value tips that are like way, not way over my head, but they just seem like to be super well-crafted posts and things Mm -hmm. like that. And it was just intimidating because I was like, I don't feel like I can write like that, you know? So like what tips do you have for people with creating those types of content that are valuable, but you know, they're shorter, but they're also compelling. Cause I feel like that's really tough. And I still struggle with that to this day, even though I've done it multiple times. Yes. Okay. I'm really excited because I, uh, this is one of the thing, one of the things I'm talking about in my course, uh, or sorry, not course, my challenge. Um, oh my God, my cat is like so persistent right now. She's like, no, I'm going to be up here. Like stop putting me down. Um, yeah. So value posts. Um, I am also still, um, you know, getting used to doing these. And, uh, for me, what, um, what really helped me was kind of more of a, a mind, a mindset shift. Um, uh, like I was saying before, like coming from a place of value in that promotion, uh, giving my audience like everything that I have in this post. Like I, I know for me, when I first started, I'll say, okay, I'll give like little tips here. And then like any other tips I'll save for like, if they buy from me or if they purchase something from me and, and that made my content obviously not as good. Cause I'm only giving them like half the tips or like just a little bit of it 
um, when I could be giving them all of it. So I would just, when I create my value post, I just literally just, here's all the things that I know about a topic and sorry. And, um, it, you know, and I found that people really, really resonated with those, with that when I, when I would do that and people would even, you know, message me to, to ask me about more, ask me about my services or something like that, because they were like, Oh my God, this is so much value. This is so like, um, this is so like important and this is something that can actually like change the way I think about something. So definitely for value posts, um, Stop. Oh my goodness. So definitely for value posts, um, just giving as much information as you can uh, on a topic and not feeling like you have to, you know, hold anything back. Like make it something that's that's really valuable and that people that people can get something really good from it. That makes so much sense. I mean, like I said, I still struggle with that, but I, I do try to give as much information as possible without completely giving it all away because obviously then people are going to be like, okay, well, I already got it all. So I'm not, you know, I'm not going to buy this product or service, but, um, yeah, that's, that's really great. And I found that that's where people get more engagement as well, because if they're just like, oh, Hey, and they write three sentences and then they're like, check me out here. Or, you know, right. <laughs> that, you have to be really like detailed and give value without, you know, giving it all away essentially. So it's definitely a balance. Um, yeah. So thank you so much for being on the show. I really loved having you as a guest. Um, tell everyone where they can find you. Yeah. Um, so probably the best way to find me, um, the best, cause I'm everywhere, but the best two places to find me just to keep it short is according to Brainy.com. That's my website and Brainy spelled B-R-I-T-T-N-E-Y, not A-N-Y. <laughs> and then uh, you can also find me in my Facebook group, um, which is called Life of an Ambitious Millennial. And uh, we're having our 10-day content creation challenge on the 27th of November. So definitely check that out. Of course. And I'll leave everything down in the show notes so everyone can check it out and you don't have to remember all these URLs. But yeah, yeah. thank you so much for being here, Brittany. I really appreciated having you as a guest. Yay. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. You can find all the details from this episode by going to the show notes at www.savvysocialhour.com slash episode six. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. You can find us on the web at www.savvysocialhour.com. Please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Savvy Social Hour and like our Facebook page at www.facebook.com slash Savvy Social Hour. New episodes will be released every single Tuesday and Thursday. See you next time.